Welcome to this week's podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. For more info about Freedom Church, visit hellofreedomchurch.com. Well, good morning, everybody. It is great seeing everybody. I'd like to welcome all of our friends in Crookston and as well as all of our online family and congregation. It's great to be together today and again having all of you join us. This week, the different football teams of our area started practicing, right? You know what that means? Fall is here. That's right. That's right. And, and school, well, it's going to be ramping up in any way. It's just, uh, this is a great time of year, isn't it? Wonderful. We are going through a series of sermons entitled Walk It Out. I'll, I'll be honest. I think I say this every series, but this is one of my favorites. Uh, I love, as we go through Ephesians chapter 4, Ephesians chapter 5, we're just going verse by verse, what does the Word of God say to us, what's it speaking to us, and as we've talked about, it's so incredibly practical, it is so practical, I'm not real good at reading between the lines, and so I tell my wife, just like, tell me like black and white, because I'm not good at that, any other guys like that? I'd rather just know, and that's, that's what the Apostle Paul does here. He just like, this is, this is how it is. This is what we're supposed to do, and he lays it forth. And today we're starting, we just wrapped up chapter 4. We're going to go chapter 5. Uh, we'll be going through this series a couple more Sundays, and then the Sunday after Labor Day, going a completely different direction. But Ephesians 5, 1 says, Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children. Therefore. Whenever you see the word therefore, you're supposed to look and see what it's there for. You're right, you're right, right. So that's what, whenever you see the word therefore, like what's it there for? And in the previous chapter, what Paul has instructed the church to do, he said, what I want you to do is to lay aside the old self. We're going to be going some places, Paul says, and so what you're going to have to do, you're going to lay aside the old self. Allow your mind to be renewed, this is chapter 4, through the Holy Spirit, and then put on a new self. He's talking about transformation. This is how you were, but through, through, through the Word of God, this is where He's bringing you to, and so therefore put away the old self, allow your mind to be renewed through the Word of God, and then put on the new self. And then he goes specifically talking about that. Speak the truth. This is, this is what it involves, speaking the truth, not giving way to anger. No longer, he says, those who steal must steal no longer. Get a job, he says. Work with your own hands. Speak only wholesome words. Those that are good for the edification of the moment, that those who hear, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Let all wrath, bitterness, anger, clamor be put away from you. Be kind to one another and forgive each other. All of those different things, he says, this is what it looks like. That's a lot to remember. So Paul says, therefore, because of all of those things in the past, therefore... Let me sum it up this way. Just be like, be like God. Like, like imitate, be an imitator of God. And I like that. Because for me, I, I, I get things with pictures. Anybody else? If I can get a picture, I got it. Okay, that, 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 that helps me. Therefore, be an imitator of God. I'll uh, share with you one of my proudest moments ever Mary and I were pastoring a church in South Dakota, and in that time, it, or where it was, it's a huge Western culture, lots, lots of cowboys. You know, when I walked into the foyer of the church on the top, on, on the hat rack, it was just like cowboy hat, cowboy hat. I mean, it's just like filled with cowboy hats, and I loved it. 
I loved it. And so there they would have group brandings. And so because of the size of the herds, and, and so it's hard to do brandings with just a couple of guys. So all the neighbors would come together, and it was so fun as a pastor to go to all the group brandings. And so because I was pretty green and inexperienced, I was always a calf wrestler, which at that point I really enjoyed. And so there'd be some cowboys in there in the herd. They'd be, they'd be healing a calf, wrapping around the horn, be dragging the calf. And so, but there's a real, you have to know there's a real knack to calf wrestling. And so here it is. So if, if, the, if the roper grabs the right like hoof of the calf, there's something unique that you do with the rope. If he grabs a left hoof, there's something different that you do. But if they grab both of them, which is always their desire, you do something completely different. And so a man from our church that was a good friend, he says, Nathan, I'm going to teach you how to do this. And you take, you take the momentum of the calf and you work to where it works against itself and you flip it up and you know, it falls on its back. And, and like, there's not a lot of wrestling to it. And so I got it down. I got it down. I mean, I, I learned how to do it and it was really fun. And one day as we're out, a group, probably 30 different cowboys. I'm probably the only one without a cowboy hat and, and cowboy boots on. And anyways, we're there. Uh, one of the local ranchers had a new hired hand with him, and he was decked out in his, his cowboy regalia, and, so, and he was not getting it. He was not getting it. And so, so when the calf would come through, they ended up like, oh, finally wrestling like calf after calf, and finally out of desperation, one of my proudest moments ever, guys, I'll never forget it, the, the, the cowboy says to his hired hand, just look at the pastor and do what he does. And I was like, yes, yes, man, I think I've arrived. I think I've finally arrived and been accepted into this culture. Look at the pastor and just do what he does. And I'm like, whoa, and that's a, <laughs> that's a little bit of what Paul is saying. There's so much, look at God and just, he wasn't, says this out of frustration, but just look at God and just do what he does. Just look to the person of Jesus Christ, and what he does, just do that. Just, just do that. That's what you need to do. Therefore, be an imitator of God. The word imitator, it means one who mimics, one who copies. It infers there's a prototype. There's a model. There's a pattern. There's an example. It infers that somebody is gazed upon, focused on, and then emulated. I mean, does it get any better than that, guys? Can you sum up our responsibility as a believer any more than that? Gaze on him, focus on him, study him, and then do what he does and then just emulate him. That's, that's the simplicity of what Paul is saying. Therefore, all these things, all these, these, these directives, therefore, just, just look to Jesus and just do what he does. Do what he does. And when we do that, the incredible part of it is that we give people a vision of who God is. Okay, I'm gonna do something. So what I'm gonna do, we're gonna throw a really quick video clip on the screen. Okay, this is not the person that you think it is. This is an impersonator. Okay, they, they are pretending to be somebody else. And don't, don't shout it out because we'll all shout it out together at one time. So we're gonna play the clip and then when we're all done, it's just gonna be a short clip and then you tell me who is this person impersonating. Number one. <laughs> don't look at the name. And now, <laughs> the end is near. Sore face. 
I think we got it. <laughs> okay, thanks, Chris. So tell me, obviously without the name in the middle of the stage, okay, <laughs> apart from that, tell me, who is he impersonating? Uh, Elvis, Elvis. Okay, number two. This is hard, especially for the, for the ladies, okay, especially for the ladies. Uh, and I'll give a little clue. If you guys are into football this, and, and maybe a little older into football, this may be a little bit easier. Number two. Good to have you on the show. Nice to, uh, nice to see you. How are things going? Pretty good, Dave. I mean, I mean, there's a lot of places you could be, but I mean, anytime you're at a place like this, you think, <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, you know, I mean, things start to get, you, know, you want to be on a, in a funny place, and this is one of those funny places. And if for another place, and it's not as funny, think, <laughs> I mean, why am I in that place? I, I, what I wanted to be was in a funny place, and boom. <laughs> I mean, I'm out of it right now, Dave. Good. Thank you. Okay, so impressions are like only funny when you know who they're impersonating, right? <laughs> so anybody says, I have no idea who that was. <laughs> okay, anybody else tell me, who was he impersonating? John Madden, John Madden, and did a great job at John Madden. Anyway, John Madden was the uh, Oakland Raiders coach and then a, a football a color commentary for a time. So third and finally, we're gonna make it really hard right now because what I'm gonna do, there's not gonna be any image on the screen, only a voice. And the voice you hear is not the person you think it is. This is an, an impersonator, all right? So this is not, but then we'll take a moment so you can tell me who you think it is. All right, we'll roll it. Before anyone ever cared where I would play basketball, <laughs> I was a kid from Northeast Ohio. It's where I walked. It's where I ran. It's where I cried. It's where I bled. It holds a special place in my heart. People there have seen me grow up. Okay, tell me, yeah, that's not the person, the, the actor, but tell me, who was he impersonating? Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman. Yeah, absolutely, because that's such a distinguishable voice. And so how do we know, like, who this person is? That, that wasn't Elvis, that wasn't John Madden, that's not Morgan Freeman. How do we know? It's because they look like him and they sound like him. Right? They look just like, well, not just like, but pretty close to them, and then they sound them. And what Paul is saying, that if people want an image of God, they should be able to look to you because you look like him, and you sound like him. Wow, that sounds like God. That sounds like the person of Jesus Christ. They should see God. When people listen, they should listen to us, they should hear God. He says that we should give people a living picture of who God is through our actions. People should get a picture of who God is by watching us and listening to us. Wow, look at that person. Man, they look that, they sound and look just like God. Therefore, Paul says, be an imitator of God. What I would like to think, I would like to think that everybody that we meet today and tomorrow, whether it's at the restaurant, whether it's, you know, at our workplaces, whatever it is, I would like to think that everybody is taking time to be in the Word of God, to really, in the Scripture, to really understand who God is, but that's not accurate. So what that means is this, that you and I are the only vision, the only image of God that some people will ever see. That they will ever see. And that's an incredible, in my opinion, a powerful thought. Therefore, he says, just 
be imitators of God as beloved children. Not as slaves, not as just, you know, some, some lowly servant, but because, because your dad loves you so much, just be like dad. Mary and I were just talking yesterday about this passage of scripture and our kids were with us just a little over a week ago and she said, I was, she said, I was watching our 11-year-old grandson and when his dad put his elbows on the table, our 11-year-old grandson did exactly what his dad did because I just wanna be like dad. And may that be our desire. We just wanna be like dad. When we fall and mess up and we make mistakes and like, man, that, I don't think that represented God real well. You know, we're doing it as the beloved children, as beloved children that he loves us. Therefore, be imitators of God. Number verse two, it says, and then walk in love just as God also loved to and gave himself for us as an offering and a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. The second thing Paul says is this. First of all, he says, walk, he says, imitate God. Now he says, number two, walk in love. Walk in love. I don't think there's anything more powerful that we could talk about than that. In fact, I have just been today, or this last week, to be honest, a little bit, Lord, how am I gonna communicate this because I can't think of anything more significant. How do we talk about this where we really understand it, where it really gets within our, our spirit, like, okay, to walk in love. And so helpful, hopefully through the Holy Spirit, he'll make this come alive to us. The word that's used here, uh, many of us have probably heard it, is the Greek word agape. And agape love is an unconditional love that no matter what you do, there's nothing that you can do to cause, that would cause God to love you less. Nothing. Nothing. There's not one thing. There's not one condition to his love because he loves us unconditionally. And he says, therefore, what I want you to do, I want you to walk in agape. I want you to walk with your family, with your friends, your neighbors, in this unconditional love that there's nothing that they can do that would cause you to love them less. And agape love is one that's not based on conditions. It's selfless, generous, self-sacrificing, unconditional. And Paul says that really should be our goal, or that, that that would be our goal, to walk in this agape love. As I was preparing in this moment, I began to think about the church at Ephesus and, and knowing some references to the church in Ephesus from, or the city of Ephesus even from the book of Acts. I went back and began just to study the book of, of Acts. Ephesus was a very significant city of its time. And the church of, or the book of Ephesians was written to the church in Ephesus. Ephesus is located in what is modern day Turkey. Think about that, modern day Turkey, what we know about it today. That's, that's where Ephesus is located. Ephesus was the capital of its region. In fact, within the Roman Empire, it was the third largest city. It was a city of wealth and power, very prosperous. Ephesus was also known for its idol worship. Ephesus contained the temple of Artemis. There's seven wonders of the world. Like, how, how does this made? How did this happen? The Temple of Artemis is one of those seven wonders of the world because this city just was so enamored with idol worship. Acts 19 talks about the Temple of Artemis, and there was an idol maker by the name of Demetrius. 
who inspired a riot against the leaders of the Christian church. There was a riot that arose because people began coming to the Lord and all those idol makers were like concerned, like we're gonna lose our money, we're losing our source of income. And so there began an incredible riot. It was a very hostile environment in which to serve Christ, to really to be a follower of Jesus. But, But Ephesus was also known by its occultism. Acts 19 talks about the seven sons of Sceva who lived in Ephesus. They were Jewish exorcists who attempted to cast out demons in an individual just through the name of Jesus Christ, but they didn't have the authority to do it in the name because they didn't have that relationship with him, and it didn't turn out really well if you read the story. It says they left naked and wounded because these demons beat them up. They were Jewish exorcists. Acts 19 also talks about a number of individuals who from Ephesus who formerly practiced witchcraft in the occult who came to Jesus Christ and as a result it says they brought all their, 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 their witchcraft books. There was no printing presses. There was no copy machines. Think about this. Think about the value of some of these books and it says they were worth, I don't know what that would be equivalent today, but 50,000 pieces of silver, Acts 19 records. They brought it all together and they burned this pile of witchcraft and occultish books. That was typical of of, of the community of Ephesus. And to the church, I, I find this very striking, to the church at Ephesus that's living amongst this culture, Paul says, Just be like Jesus and walk in love. What this community needs, Paul says, it needs the church to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit and to demonstrate this is the person of Jesus Christ and to to, to show this agape type love and the, the, the catalyst for transformation and change will be through you replicating the person of Jesus Christ and walking in love. Walk it out. Be, walking speaks of constancy. It speaks of consistency. Don't, don't hop in love because I'm really feeling it now. I just got out of church. He says, no, walk it out. Walk in love. Every step, every place you go, walk in love. Don't, don't race in love or run with love. He says, no, just walk in love because when we race, we get tired and then they, for our emotions, like our altar, we're like, well, I guess I don't feel like it now. We do something completely different. He says, just walk it out. Walk in love. As Christ also loved you, Here's the example, because Christ loved you and gave himself for us as an offering and a sacrifice to God, as a fragrant aroma. Jesus is the example, so walk in love just as Jesus loved us. And I love, I love this thought as I was just meditating on this, 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 this phrase of scripture from Ephesians 5.2. God loved us and gave himself as an offering and as a sacrifice, and he did that. On the cross, that was for our benefit. But although we were the recipients of it, yet the motivation why Jesus did it, because he saw it as an offering, as a sacrifice that was gonna be offered up to God. And when we love people, obviously they're the, they're the, the recipients of it. If we can love people well, I mean like their lives are enriched. <clears throat> they get a picture of who God is. But ultimately what we're doing, we're doing it as an offering unto God. We're doing it as a sacrifice. Saying, God, God, this is actually for you. Lord, this person will be the recipient. They will be blessed by it is our prayer. But God, ultimately we're not doing it for them. Ultimately we're doing it for you. When you go to work tomorrow and that person that chafes against you said like, ah, ah. I'd like just to give them a piece of my mind. I'd like to be, you know, whatever it may be. You just think, God, God, help me to walk in agape. Help me to walk in love, which doesn't mean that we just like 
forego any, any difficult conversations, but if we do, we do so with the heart and the attitude of Christ as we walk into that situation. But we realize that ultimately, ultimately, we're doing this as unto the Lord, as an offering to God. God, I'm offering this as an offering up to you. I wanna imitate you. And the Bible says what's just so beautiful, this picture, which is an aroma, a fragrant aroma that ascends to heaven. Whew. I love the picture. There are bad aromas and there are good aromas, right? I remember as a teenager living in Arizona, going to a baseball game in Arizona in the summer. And my mom and dad had bought, I don't know what kind of deodorant they bought, but as I was running out the door, I, I smeared some on, and I don't know, this has never happened before, but something happened, okay, in which my body reacted to it. And I remember sitting in an outdoor stadium in Tempe, Arizona, with my friends all around me, and I was sitting beside uh, Roxanne, was a, a, a Mary Noser, was a friend of ours, and she was outgoing, and, and, and somehow, I don't know what happened, a little embarrassing to share with you today, but I don't know what happened, but my body just reacted, and she kept going, what reeks around this place? I'm like, I don't know, you want some popcorn? You know, because, I could, because I'm not gonna about to move my arms because I know it's me, and I felt I'd been secure enough, I don't said, it's me, you know, but, but I couldn't do that, so I'm like, like, oh, good job, way to go, you know, because I, I wasn't about to, because it was so bad. I mean, it was just really bad. That was a bad aroma. A good aroma is like coming home from, from whenever, like I remember from school, and like smelling my mother's bread. Oh, like does it get better than that, right? When we were living in Minot, I remember coming down Broadway. I don't know, I don't know if they're still there, the Sweetheart Baking Company, but it used to be there, but, but, in your car, you would smell this bread, and I am just a fanatic for carbohydrates, just like I could live on those potatoes and bread. It's so good, so good. One other thing is that when Mary and I started dating was her perfume. Mary had this perfume that was called Touche. Any ladies remember Touche? And so when we were dating, she would put on this Touche, Touche. And then she would go back to Minnesota where she lived. And then what, this was before cell phones and, you know, texting and, and email. And, and so she would send a letter. And whenever she was sent a letter, she would put a spritz of touche on it. And I would, get, I would get, like, the letter in the mail, and, like, I could smell it before I could read it. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, Mary, Mary, Mary. Like, 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 touche, touche, touche. I mean, like, Mary, Mary. Like, whoa. Well, I've not even read the letter, but like, like my mind goes back like this. I know who this is. This represents my wife. And there's one thing I wanted. I just wanted to be with Mary, right? Because like this smells like my wife, touche, Mary. I mean, I just want to be with her. And that's, a, that's such a great picture, in my opinion, of what happens, that when you love people, what happens, we don't smell it, but can I tell you something? Love has an aroma, Love has an aroma. And when you love somebody well, like, well, I don't feel any big difference about it, but what happens is there's an aroma that ascends to heaven and God goes, whoa, I love this and I just wanna be with you. 
I want to be present. I want to be near you. I just really want to be with you because you are now like, like we're like working together. We're so in this thing together of just loving people that are broken even when they don't deserve it. And so I want to be present. And what I've experienced, what I believe, I don't know that scripture really specifically talks about this per se, but what I, what I believe is that when we love well, there's a greater awareness of God's nearness. I believe there's a heightened sense of God's divine favor. I believe that through love, there's a greater anointing that we can walk in if we choose to do that, to choose to walk in love, as opposed to if we choose not to. But as we walk in love, there's this greater, there's a greater anointing, a greater sense of his nearness, a greater sense of his divine favor that we can walk in, and the only thing we're doing, we're just loving well. Maybe that's why 1 Corinthians 13, Paul says, if I speak the tongues of men and angels, but don't have love, I'm, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy, if I know all mysteries, I mean, I, this guy knows everything, all knowledge. If I have faith so I can remove mountains, I, this guy, per, person works, he ministers in the supernatural so I can remove mountains. But if I don't have love, I'm nothing, I'm nothing. If I give all my possessions to feed the poor, if I surrender my body to be burned, but if I don't love, there's no profit in it. As you go on, as you know, it says there's faith, hope, and love, but the greatest is what? It's charity. It's love. So that's why Paul says, ah, so many different things. Imitate Christ and then just walk in love. Walk it out. Walk in love. I know this, for Mary and I, that's our desire. That in our relationship with our family, friends, neighbors, to really to be an extension of God's love. I know that when Freedom Church began 13 years ago or whatever it was, that we, we had been in ministry for 20 years at that point, I was 44 years old, and I figured I got at least 20 years left, at least, and so what are we gonna do? We're starting a brand new church. God's called us to the, what a, what a blessing, what a privilege, what an honor, just such a wonderful thing. So what's going to mark our church? And as we spend time talking and praying, one of the things we said is this. When people come to this new church, come to Freedom Church, what we want them to do, we want them to experience a love like they've never experienced before. We want Freedom Church to be the nearest representation of heaven that they will ever experience here on this earth. And we wanna do all that we can. I'm not talking sloppy agape, which means with, I'm not saying where we don't speak the truth. I'm not saying where we don't confront. That's not what I'm saying because love does those things. It confronts at times. It speaks hard things when you really love. I'm not saying that. But I know church... Let's, let's keep going. That when people walk in, this is kind of like our turf. We probably weren't too nervous coming to church today because we do this every Sunday. And so, but when people come, they can be a little anxious, nervous because they're not used to that. And maybe even some here today. But if we can do, if we can just be an extension of the love of God and just walk in love and bless them, it brings such incredible transformation because it was God's love that changed my life. And he changes others as well. So Andy and the band, if you guys wanna come forward, just begin playing the song today. 
I would appreciate that. Can we just take a moment here in Crookston just to bow our heads in Jesus' name? And I just want you to know that God loves you today. I think I say this every Sunday, and it's not just some rote statement, but I really believe it. He cares about you today. And whether you're here in Crookston at home in your sweat sitting on a couch, it doesn't really matter. I just want you to know that he cares about you today and that he really loves you. And we talk about imitating Christ and we talk about walking in love, which is awesome, but can I tell you, it really begins in, first of all, accepting his love and his forgiveness. It begins in just a relationship with him. And so if you're here today and you don't have that relationship with him, you can know him today. You can know him through just loving him today and accepting his love. In fact, I'm going to say just a simple, a simple prayer. And if this is you, I would just encourage you to open up your heart to receive it today. Say, dear Jesus, I come to you today and I accept your love for my life. Thank you for the value that your love has placed upon my life. And now I respond to it by accepting it in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. I wanna honor you and live my life for you. From this moment on, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Can we just stand together, please? Father, today we read your word. We talk about it. But Lord, we really want to walk in it. And Lord, this is more, Lord, your word is more than just some, some neat ideas, kind of some awesome principles. But Lord, today we really want to imitate you. Lord, in our marriage, Lord, we want to imitate we want to imitate you, God. With our children, our grandchildren, we want to imitate you. In our neighborhoods, Lord, we want to imitate you. With our friends and our social circles, God, we want to imitate you. Father, when we go to work, we want to imitate you. When we're at school, Lord, in, in our dorms, in our apartments, Lord, on our sports teams, whatever it may be, Lord, we just really want to imitate you, God. We want this. So, God, would you help us? Lord, I know that we can't do this in our own power, Lord, because my love can be so short-sighted. It can be so shallow at times. But Father, if you will love through me, God, if you will love through me, God, then I know, I know that I can do it, but not in myself, but only through your power of your Holy Spirit. So Holy Spirit, you're welcome to come and fill us, infuse your presence and your love into us. Lord, help us to imitate and then to walk, to walk in your love, I pray. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, God. And we bless your name, oh God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this week's message. To stay connected with us, visit us on our website or check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Hello Freedom Church. Have a great week.